And it looks like we are live on the internet. Oh wow, look at look at the way that goes. Okay, so how are we doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Doing good. Turn the mic off for a second. <laughs> Realize, but we're live for you now. Technical difficulties fixed by yours truly. Thank you. Hold the applause. Hold the applause. <laughs> oh, that's cute. All right. So while we kind of warm up our voices and do a warm up for things tonight, got some uh, pre-show stuff to talk about and a rollover. Some rollovers, some interesting tidbits. Like well, to... Yeah, I mean, this is kind of let people get in and also, you know, kind of maybe use this somewhere else in the post post-production part. But got a couple of things we want to hit on before we get too much further and also see how the audio is sounding. Da-da-da. Yeah, let's see. Let's go with that first thing we had on our list of uh, interesting things. Yeah, interesting things. You know, building, maybe? Building stuff? I well, think. you remember, we, it's like, I just had to throw this out there as people come and kind of come in, hopefully, and get the word out to come check us out. Come check us out, people, please. Um, while back, we talked about Nintendo and lego partnering up to do a lego set yeah and with that lego set they had come up with like you could basically build a little area for mario to run across and mario would make sounds it would be all kinds of interesting things there well they did it again only now you can get a lego set that is the number is 71374 and it is a tv console cartridge and controller of the original nintendo along with a little the tv has a little screen with mario that you can crank and it kind of winds through the scene and then if you have that starter set with the little mario that makes noise you can plug his him in on the top and he'll make the sounds as you scroll the little mario uh, screen across I put the link in the chat so people can gander at the awesomeness that is the Nintendo Entertainment Center. So wild. Lego edition. I really want this, people. I'm so come wild. ahead and uh come ahead and get uh get this set. It's gonna be available August first. So you know, you wanna be on that wish list. But it is two twenty nine, so it's not in the budget. Buy it for me. I mean, I'd started doing Lego builds and stuff, but seeing this kind of thing, I mean, th this is pretty intense. You can go to Lego's website and check this out. I mean, for 200 bucks, it's like 2,650 pieces. Yeah, it's a lot of pieces, but, you know, it'll keep you entertained for a while putting that together. Hands up to the engineers who designed this thing, because it's, it's massive. Yes, yes, this is definitely, uh, it would be worth the price, you know. <laughs> Alrighty, our next little pre-show thing to talk about is uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about Evangelion Land, yeah, uh, a big giant bust of one of the uh, Ava One that you could sit in and take pictures with. Well, they decided to take it a step further and decided to add coloring to a set of hot springs, so now you can bathe in the in the pools. That the Avas are stored in, or even the cockpit uh, that 
kind of hang out. This is an interesting place. Uh, Rye, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, uh, article from Kotaku. It says that the Hakun Kawikin Yusen Resort in Kanagawa, Japan, rolled out a special Evangelion-themed hot spring. So it's got a spring where it is all red, and you go in. Um, there's water in the slides, and the cave baths are colored in red. So you can slide in the red, or you can just go and relax. You know, be a part of the anime, people. Be a part of the anime. <laughs> yeah, be a part of the anime. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see what else. Uh, last story we got. Well, I mean, I this is kind of cool if you're into that the whole anime recreation zone. And Japan seems to be having places like this pop up like clockwork. Oh yeah, it's definitely um, pushing me to want to do that Japan trip when it's safe. Yeah. Dot well, dot dot. <laughs> since a lot of us are still stuck indoors, and certain places like California are relocking down. Uh, I think there was a blurb I heard. Day that they're put out, the governor rolled back and started closing everything down again. Yes, yeah, yeah, he did uh, roll a lot of things back in most counties. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert: Outlaw seventy nine. We that is actually one of our things for odds and ends. That and there's another high dollar auction item that just cleared recently. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, We'll get to that when we get. We'll get to that in odds and ends. Um, we'll get to it soon. Just you were. But as I was saying, with the lockdown and everything, and like places like California is starting to roll back and shut down, like bars, gyms, and everything else. Yeah. So we're all going staying on the streaming thing. Well, we got an update on the new NBC service called Peacock. Oh yeah. Apparently, that rollout, which is supposed to happen tomorrow, we are in the last twenty-four hours before the rollout. And things don't look so good, right? What? What? It's a, it's a it's a mixed bag of stuff. Um. So while in the final hours of this new uh, service from Universal called Peacock, um, is running into the same uh, snag that HBO Max has. Um, it's not going to be available on two uh, streaming platforms: uh, the Roku and the Fire Stick. So. If you have one of those two devices, you won't be able to get this service. Well, not necessarily because they are talking about having maybe some to come with some of these things, making some kind of compromise yeah. right at the 11th hour. Not that I personally expecting to see it, but it does not bode well when you go to launch a new service and you're not getting the exposure that you're wanting. Oh yeah. But there is some positives. Oh, there right. are some positives. Um, they are going to beef up that library, so you know it's going to be home to the majority of these like big uh, Dick Wolf Mega libraries, like Chicago Fire, PB, Med, and Law and Order, and possibly new versions of Law and Order and another um another series with New York on the cover. But the one catch that this does do that's the Surface does offer a uh, a free ad support tier for you all out there if you don't want to pay for a subscription interesting oh yes the free tier which allows you access to half of the library but of course you're going to be bombarded with ads as boom, you watch. boom boom but you know uh, if you want to pay it to pay for it you will get access to like known unknown properties like the office house the real house buys and hot show you said it comes out tomorrow yes all it's right supposed to, supposed to release july 15th hmm 
Interesting. I don't know if I'll pick up that one. A lot of the, a lot of those shows I'm not really a fan of. So you know, probably not be worth it for me. I just yeah. No, I'm I'm not. I haven't heard anything on that just yet. If somebody's out there who has seen some of the lineup on that, there's a show they're really interested in. You know, maybe pass a line to us. But I'm not I'm really holding pass. out. I I already have a lot of streaming services. Wrong. and hbo max might be the last one i pick up for a minute so yeah but there is that that there are bringing back that saved by the bell on there so that might get some who knows you know i thought i would be all for the nostalgia but not so much anymore me i have uh, i've been a push of i like watching new and original where i'm at right now with the streaming service there's a lot of new original content Alrighty, well with that, we kind of wrap up our pre-show where we kind of warm up our voices and make sure all the tech is operating functionally. We are here for you. So here we go, getting into it. Welcome, it's Tuesday night. It's Scuba and the Rye, episode 55. Two fives, people. Two fives. Yep, 55. Uh, So we're rocking and rolling, keeping uh, things flowing. And... uh, couple of quick announcements to before we get too much further uh first of all a thank you to sirenscape you for all those wonderful background sounds that you're hearing currently we're in the tavern but we're gonna go take a walk into the in the mountains so it's a good to take a hike you know travels below your feet yeah we'll go walk in the mountains for for the rest of this kind of kind of casual hopefully i got my walking shoes on i'm ready to go (laughs) all righty with that uh also want to give a shout out and a thank you to our community. Thank you. Uh, it continues to grow. And uh, for that, I am eternally grateful. Uh, anybody, all of our followers are subscribers because we are starting to get subscribers. So yay. Uh, followers and Pat, what, however you consume this, uh, continue to like, subscribe, follow, share it out. All of those things will help us grow. And for that, we are eternally grateful. Thank so you. The community, we wouldn't be really be doing this other than talking to the void. And if any of us have done that for too long, you know, the void, when, when the void starts to answer back, you should probably be worried. Yeah. Once you start escaping into daisies and lightning, all that great, not a good, great DC animated film crisis of two earths. That's where that kind of, kind of referring to that. So if you haven't checked that out, it's probably one of the better DC animated films. Check it out. All right, uh, so that's pretty much, those are my main three announcements for that. So thank you, and uh, let's uh, get into it with uh, what we've been up to. What have we been up to? I don't know. I've been up to some stuff, I guess. Oh, yeah, a few things. I mean, so, Rye, what you been up to for the last week? Uh, just uh, just a lot of busyness uh, between uh, work, just uh, writing, um, but this past weekend was pretty booked. Uh, got my car inspected because, you know, you have to do that yearly here in the state of Virginia. Um, I went to another, uh, went to baptism. I have become another godfather. And Yay. then ended the night, uh, with a birthday party with, uh, my best friend, Crystal. Nice. So it was a nice, fun time. No, pretty food. busy social calendar from the sounds oh, yeah. of it yeah you know had fun you know we kept it we kept it clean kept it clear you know you gotta still stay with the rules 
know, but other than that, still was able to, you can work, you can have fun within the rules, people. You can stay safe. But, you know, food, drinks, a lot of laughter, a lot of joking, and we played Just Dance all the way. So a lot of dancing on the Switch. And, you know, if you've never played, hey there. Yes, I am the Godfather. Godfather. But, yeah, Just Dance until about 2.30 in the morning. But, you know, it's fun. Yeah, I, that seems like a really fun game, which interesting. We'll talk about some more Ubisoft things a little later. Yeah, interesting. Um, I see. My weekend actually was fairly quiet. Well, Friday night was a lot quieter than I initially expected. Saturday went out and did some errands, um, which is something I don't get to do very often, but I did. And then yesterday uh, was the twice monthly agents of short gathering the shorts have returned well we started playing for a little bit and then it got into again we haven't seen each other for several weeks so conversation conversation and again kind of revisiting uh some of the current social conversations the funny thing is is my friends knowing that i do this studio thing several times throughout there they were making comments about so when are you going to turn the microphone and the camera on and start and start streaming this and i'm like well i'd like to but and the but is if i were to put that group on here i'm sorry that would be 100 percent behind the paywall because that's not the free content i do out there or it's like the free access to what we do is all meant to be kind of family friendly this group at times it's not so much so yeah, you know you always have once you get around you know a certain group of friends you know the walls come down and the words just start flowing shenanigans do ensue and there were some times it was quite <laughs> hilarious but knowing the topic and sometimes the humor it would not be good for my normal intent so that would be one of those you pay to get in to see it but uh yeah that was the that that we were talking till about 10 about 11 o'clock 11 30 we were just talking about all kinds of things so it was like okay we're kind of good there so we'll see what happens i think a couple of them might come over just to hang out on uh, this weekend we'll see i don't know i also have a game this sunday uh the a team is gonna start their descent into undermountain so okay. that should be fun definitely be fun yeah i was watching uh, a couple of games uh over the weekend it was like pretty good and even our game on saturday challenge accepted that went very well i have to say that went very well compared to what we've been doing yeah and you said it was a pretty long one too well and, it's, and I, I wasn't game. riddled with tech issues so could yeah. actually focus on playing the game so I yeah, I noticed to... I wasn't bombarded in the Discord with the technical difficulties over the weekend. So I'm assumed it was a good, smooth sale. I would say it was probably one of our best, one of the best ones, one of the better ones. If I don't know if it's the best one, because I know we can always keep setting that bar, but it was a it was a good time. So I'm happy with it. Um, that is that is good. Um, yep. Which. Unfortunately, it means that our next episode is not going to be this Saturday because this Saturday something else fun is going on. So the next episode of Challenge Accepted will be July 25th. Going with the flow of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but I think that's pretty much it for what's up. Yeah. Ready to roll into reviews? I am ready to review. Let's do the reviews. Righty, rise reviews. Rye reviews. This week we have a new war film. The Outpost. Yes, you got it. This is a new modern film and uh, another one that's based on some uh, real events. Yep. And I have to say, I, I have not personally checked it out, but I did watch the preview and read a few things. This seems like one that's getting uh, some well-deserved uh, buzz. Oh yeah, it's definitely is. Definitely a good film. I like more of the historical films, but this one I might still check out. But I'm going to kind of defer to hearing what you have to say about it. And then right. we'll kind of go from there. All right. So the outpost, it's a it's a new film um, that is available on demand. So you can grab it anywhere that you can get a hold on demand anywhere. Um, it is a film that is, like Scuba said, based on real events. And it adapts a book that was written by Jake Ta uh, Tapper. Um, also, the book was called The Outpost, an untold story of American valor. It was based on the Battle of Camdish, which... Um, focuses on this uh, group of U.S. Uh, soldiers that were in this outpost um, in Afghanistan called Com uh, Combat Outpost Keating. So they have this outpost in the middle of the mountains where they're trying to, if you know the war in Afghanistan, they're trying to, at this time, they were trying to help the locals fight back the Taliban. But little do they know is that while they're trying to help the locals, they also, you know, you can't, you can, you can trust with arm's length. So basically what it is, is it's a fight for survival for these American soldiers as they have to fight a big surge of the Taliban soldiers until help arrives at some point. And then you pretty much, that's it. That's, that's pretty much the story. And what this film is, is a very realistic interpretation of what actually happened in their tour of duty. So instead of the sensationalized uh, stuff you usually see from military films in Hollywood, what happens here is that all the raw directive of the film is focused on the characters, on the soldiers. So you get to live, breathe, and see how these soldiers uh, interact with each other, interact with the locals, and how they just kind of just live through constant attacks from the enemy. Because it's like every day when they're out there, they're just, you know, just doing their thing. Taliban would just show up, start attacking, and then they'll just fend off. Um, what makes this film so good are the characters and the actors. Um, some well-known actors that you might recognize names right off the bat. You have uh, Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son. Caleb Landry Jones plays one of them. Um, Mel Gibson's son is in there. Milo Gibson and uh, Orlando Bloom plays one of the captains. So they get really ingrained into the characters. And each of the soldiers, even though there's, you know, being part of a group, there's a lot of soldiers. And you don't think they're able to characterize themselves during these moments. But even though there's so many people in the ensemble cast, the strength of this film is the individual characters. You have honest conversations about life, about um, the true sense of camaraderie. And then also there's a complexity of trust and conviction and morality because the things they have to do to survive, um, you would think go against moral grain but when you're in you know a war zone it's it's no holds barred 
So that's how the first half is. It's all this character development, all this building, all this leading up to the second half, which is just the, the Taliban surge on this outpost. What really makes it bad is that this outpost is surrounded by mountains, so they're in a really bad spot. So the Taliban are coming down from the mountain to down to that outpost. So they're just it's just the second half is just the no holes barred of, you know, gunfights, explosions, and just unexpected death. Um everything is put in the hands of the soldiers. So there's no sensationalized sensationalized Hollywood glitz and glamour of the action. You you feel and breathe the action of the characters. And as you watch them try to survive, you're so endeared by um their emotional weariness and their brotherly fortitude that you become attached and so when deaths happen it really strikes you so once everything wraps up and you know you know it's a general wrap up you kind of know what happened they finally get help and then everything uh, focus on the aftermath of all how certain characters survive this and go home so that's my two cents on the film scuba what is up questions Ah, uh, to be honest, I, I mean, I'm sure this is great. And is, again, we're talking a lot of these modern military type things. So I have to go and check it out based on what I saw in the, of the trailer and, and just what comes to mind. It's like, this is probably another one that's in the same vein as like the zero dark 30, 13 hours. Um, I was the one Mark Wahlberg did a couple of years ago. Oh, uh, you're talking about the three. Oh, I know which one you're Lone talking Survivor. about. Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. This feels like this feels like this is in that same vein. I so yeah. If I you're would, a fan of those yeah. films, this is another one to tack on. Uh, probably also like the Hurt Locker way this, back in the day. Yeah, this is more closer to the Hurt Locker than the other other three, okay. because there's a there's a rawness on just focuses on realism instead of just kind of sensationalized the, the human journey. Oh, it is nice yeah. to see Orlando Bloom do something, and that's in a little more re- real world versus some of the stuff he, some of the stuff that's most notable when yeah, you think no, of him. No bow and arrows here, so bow and arrows, swashbuckling. But the acting will it will surprise a lot of people, and just the simplicity of the direction, just focusing on the mission. All right, so where can we find this film? Um, it's available on demand. I actually uh, uh, did did the rental through Amazon Prime, but anywhere that you had that on demand is available, you pick it up. Um, overall, I think this is a good uh, modern uh, modern day uh, military film. There's a very strong authenticity, so I would give it four out of five full points. Okay. If it was in theaters, I would say check it out there too. Awesome! I know I saw it on uh, Apple TV for the uh, six ninety nine rental. Yep, same thing on Prime, so same price. Not a bad rental price. Alrighty, so turn that off, and then we'll uh, kind of roll over into our state of game. State of game. Uh, before we get too far into state of game, this is probably be a good time to notice that if you're sitting there watching that, if you look down there in the bottom, you see a little thing for Extra Life. I have si- Studio has signed up to do fundraising for the Extra Life Project. Uh, which is a really fun program and a really kind of easy way to kind of help those in need, especially kids. So have a little uh, bar down there. If you're watching us here on Twitch, there's a panel uh, below in the channel that you can click on to make a donation to make a donation to Extra Life, help the kids. That's always a good thing. And so since we're talking into gaming and there's a, they do a lot of work, there's a lot of streamers that utilize this and a lot of people. So 
just figured it'd be a most appropriate place to add that and then kind of get into our state of game. Now this week we have something a little different because a little different. Yeah. Bri hasn't had a whole lot of time on games and I have not had a lot of time on yeah. games. I returned to a certain world, but not too much. So figured we would actually talk about the fact that normally at about this time, we would have had the E3 expo and been talking about all the new cool games. So now we're going to talk. And last week, uh, Ubisoft had a online conference where they unveiled a bunch of things. So figured for this week's state of game, we're going to talk about the Ubisoft forward streaming event. Rye, why don't you start us off? Um, so the Ubisoft Forward was an event where Ubisoft put on display uh, various games that, that they have in development that will be released uh, later this year on both the current gen and the next gen system. So if you know Ubisoft, you know a couple big title, big names come to mind. Um, Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, various military shooters that they have like Ghost Recon and Rainbow Six. Um, if you're thinking that, yes, they did highlight a lot of those games. Um, some of the big highlights of, of there, at least for me, just, just going to pick out a couple, um, is they highlighted an in-depth look at Watch Dogs Legions. Um, they gave you a very in-depth on how the gameplay works, on how the mechanics work with ensembling your cast of characters to take over London from, from the, the people that are running it right now, the private military, I forget the name right now. But they did highlight the different skill sets when you're people, and it gives a dynamic of doing missions from various angles. I like. Yeah, I would that bit, that bit. Um, I wasn't too. I mean, the first Watch Dogs game caught my interest. I thought it would be really cool. The second one didn't really appeal to me too much. This one seems interesting because of the fact they have such a varied. Uh, opera uh, sandbox. Yeah. This is very sandbox because you can go if you're not familiar with it. Um, you can look up uh, hashtag Watchdog Legion and check that out. Uh, yeah. Essentially, though, anybody from any walk of life you could attempt to recruit yeah. into your resistance movement, and then each of them have different skills. Like the construction worker uh, wields a giant wrench and a nail gun. <laughs> Um, that nail gun was awesome. I'm, 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 I know I'm cutting you off, but when he used that nail gun, I was like, that's my weapon of choice right there. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. But the thing is, is each one has a different skill set. Yeah. The one that, the one that builds and monitors drones, um, the Hitman. Uh, he's a, <laughs> he, he's an op option in there. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think what, I think the biggest thing on that that caught my interest was the fact that you could attempt to recruit people within that mil that uh, private military organization that you're fighting, which seems a bit new in terms of these types of games is that normally it's you and your ragtag group is against this large presence and every person within that organization in the game is bad. Here, it's like, oh no, they're just as much fair game as anybody else you come across so that struck me as really kind of cool yeah that that definitely that made me raise my eyebrow because it, it it gave you a variety that you don't see a lot because a lot of times when there's this like ensemble thing you find a game you can work from one side but now you can work from within it's pretty cool and you can uh 
from from the Ubisoft website, you can uh, recruit up to forty operatives. So it does give you a good variety of how you tackle missions, which that's what I like. Yeah, I think that's really cool, and it really kind of opens it up versus the basic archetypes because archetypes seem to make or break a lot of things when you get too used to it. Okay. Uh, another game on there was new was a new uh, fighter a new shooter I, I guess it's called a, it's called Tom Clancy's Elite Squad and the trailer for this made me think of Fortnite Team Fortress uh, yeah, mainly Fortnite and Team Fortress the the animation style it's just you have all these Tom Clancy game characters in this battle royale type of scenario. Yeah, it's a lot of characters. Um, they, but it, the art style really kind of strikes me, the whole Team Fortress 2, as well as uh, the Fortnite uh, animation style, which is what kind of caught my eye and seems just kind of cool, because for those of us who've seen like decades of tom clancy games at this point yeah decades <laughs> i think yeah a lot of us have played a lot of tom clancy games between us two probably a ton tom i mean tom clancy games are cool i mean they have the new one for uh that um kind of a ghost re the ghost recon uh wild dogs or whatever it is that came out last year that was just abysmal mm, no comment <laughs> Everything I heard, this is this is what I mean. Cast wise, whatever is cool was one thing, but the fact that the game itself was just a failure. Yeah. Market uh, from a from a marketing standpoint. Well, apparently they're going to a lot like what Bethesda did with Fallout seventy six. Is they're doubling down and releasing a new extent expansion to the game to kind of salvage all that work they put into it. It's okay. called a. It's called a. It's a. Was it War Dogs uh, Resistance. Resistance? Yes, launching July sixteenth this year. Yep, uh, and so in a couple of days, um, and they're bringing back the AI team teammates. So, I mean, I, uh, yeah, just word of mouth on that game. I heard they they got away from the Ghost Recon formula. You know, if you're making a Ghost Recon game, people are going to expect a certain thing. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, this one doesn't feel like it's. Uh... But even with what they did with Fallout 76, releasing the Wastelanders and finding a way to salvage that uh, release, this could have potential to salvage it. That's got some stiff competition, though. There's a lot of different open world shooters. Even within the same umbrella of Ubisoft with Division 2, they have to fight against. So, you know. Yeah, and I, comparatively, I think I like Division 2 better than I like War Dog, uh, the War Dogs or, that we saw. All right, um, and of course, we talk about the latest Assassin's Creed game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which... Uh, I love Assassin's Creed. That, I'm really digging that. I mean, that's supposed to come out this year. Yeah. Before the ho uh, holiday season this year, so November 17th, I am there. Right I'm... near the end of semester, so guess what I'll be doing after exams. You were, you were going all... I like how it's going to be. A, a, it do, it looks like they've condensed the game down. They yeah. kept it into a few core things, and you have like the you have the two different tracks you can go on, like they had with Odyssey. You have building a community and laying siege to medieval towns as you 
count as you, as you play a Viking, but there are some other elements of this game that you found particularly interesting. And there, yeah, there's some stuff with the the gaming mechanics that if if you played the series all from inception to now, they they gone away from a lot of the the assassin elements with the last two games. Even though I love the last two games, I think um, Odyssey is probably my favorite now. Um, but what they're bringing back is dual wielding, and they're giving you customization on the different kind of items you can dual wield. So you can dual wield a lot of different things. They did showcase the character dual wielding shield. I do not know why they got me pumped up, but just watching them fight with two shields just had me going. It, it's not something you would expect. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's I, like if you, it, it's literally, it's like I can, it, it, what you're talking about is you can set up and pick your weapons and each weapon style has a particular type oh, yeah. of combat flow to it. So you, and you have all of this variety yes. and they just showed it. It's like, you literally can do wield anything. And if you're dual wielding shields, <laughs> I um, mean, yeah, you know, you'd be some bull running going on around there. There'd be something but, going on. That's for bloody sure. <laughs> and they did, uh, like I said, they're bringing back a lot of the, like features like the dual wielding. They are bringing back a lot of the stealth elements that were found in original like two or three games. So you can you can hide in parties, you can sneak around, you can hide in the rooftops like you used to do back in the past. And also you'll have a home base. So while you're out there, uh, you know, assaulting and raiding and doing all the different kind of fun Viking things. You are building up your uh, home base that will help you um, build up yourself, build up alliances, build up character uh, depth because they still are keeping the, they are fleshing out even more of the RPG. So it looks like they're grabbing the best of both worlds from what they did in the recent games and previous games and making them. And the one thing I'm curious of is that there's, um, you'll be able to go all over the Dark Ages of England. But they did not show the other part that you'll be able to venture into. Well, you got to have room for expansion. And yeah. So we'll kind of see with that. And the last game, which is the one that I found probably the most interesting because I recently got a game code to go check it out, but I haven't had the chance. And that is a new game called Hyperspace. Boom. This one's interesting. This one's kind of cool looking because you watch the trailer for this one. It's hashtag hyperspace yeah. uh, to go and look it up like on your Twitter or whatever. But it's interesting because it's like, let's take the concept of uh, mega corporations going 100% online like we see in Ready Player One and several other uh, genres where it's like, let's be 100% online all the time and introduce a battle royale scenario with a story and kind of progressing through so yeah uh yeah that hyperscape you 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 pulled the thought right out of my mind when i saw this i thought of red player one right off the bat and it it intrigued me because it's going to be you know a a sci-fi multiplayer shooter it's got a lot of interest it does show that you can like environments are are interactable you can jump shoot fire transport whatever it's curious you're going to check it out you're gonna jump into the beta uh i think i missed the beta window oh that's okay but i don't mind the opportunity to i like how trying to branch out on new things the battle royale thing seems to be the new it is bad it is the new fad like uh, 
like even the two two big games they highlighted, two of the games they highlighted at Ubisoft, the Tom Clancy Fleet Squad and Hyperscape, they are focusing on that battle royale. So it seems to be the bad. I am not in that battle royale mode. I probably get my butt kicked. That's probably why I don't do it. But you know, you know, it's here. People enjoy it. Why not? Yeah. But see how that uh, kind of go. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. Oh yeah. It's a nice new con. It's a new and old concept. So we'll see how it plays out. Oh yeah, and they oh. uh, they did end on a high note of sorts at the. Oh Ubisoft. really? Oh, Do yeah. tell. Um. So right before this is what every if you if you watch any kind of like E three or any Gamescon or anything, the studios be like, oh that's a wrap. Oh wait, There's or more. and then they went ahead and it leaked earlier, but people weren't sure. But they went ahead and did a trailer, a world premiere trailer of the next Far Cry game, Far Cry. Yes. Um, Far Cry Six. Avail- it's going to be available February eighteenth, twenty twenty one, and the setting is going to be in a tropical on the tropical island of Yara, uh, where you will be a freedom fi- fighter fighting against a brutal tyrant who is portrayed by. You'll know him from uh, Better Call Saul, The Boys, and The Mandalorian, Juan Carlo Esposito. Yes, he's done quite a few interesting roles. Oh yes. Um, but, I don't. Re- I didn't recognize him from Breaking Bad. I remember seeing him in Evolution. Yeah. I believe is where the first time I saw him, and then seeing him pop up in a bunch of places. Most recently, to my knowledge, is he popped up in. The, uh, in the Mandalorian at the very end, being the guy who wields the dark saber. Oh yes, and seeing him in this, and he'll be kind of—he he has a great gravitas to be a villain. So it'll be kind of oh, yeah. cool to see that but as an actor. Anyway, it definitely the way the trailer portrays definitely has that that evil suave we want to find in a Far Cry villain. Because the one thing about Far Cry games is that it's all about the villains. You have to have that really intriguing villain to bring you in. Um, so, which I think that is something that was lacking in Far Cry Primal, to be 100% honest. Yeah, I never played it. I was intrigued to play it, but I never. I got it. I played it, and I just, what I was just, nope. Nope. Far Cry 4, on the other hand, that one has a really great villain you just love to hate. Oh, yeah. That villain made you want to just, like, break the screen. But. In a good way. <laughs> and I, I can't speak to Far Cry Five. I haven't checked it out. I, I haven't played it either. That one was a was definitely an interesting take. On the expansion, I'm not familiar with, but it seems interesting that we're going back to a tropical island with a dictator. Because isn't that the Far Cry One and Far Cry Three? Yeah, but this one is supposed to be a more modernization from those because the, the 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 original Far Cry games, the Far Cry and Far Cry Three. In particular, they were focused on a straight tropical island and kind of living through here. You actually, it's like a, a it's going to have a huge urban populate uh, uh, urban area along with um, jungles and settlements and stuff. They said it's supposed to be like a resemblance of Cuba because it's going to be uh, stuck in time how Cuba is. So you're going to see all those fifty style. Hmm. Alrighty. Well, I think we, that pretty much covers our Ubisoft thing. Oh, yeah. So, by all means, uh, Rye posted a link in the chat. Uh, if you want, you guys want to check out more of that later, or still as another tab, and just listen to what we're talking about, that's cool, too. Oh, yeah. 
And I got something else to plug. This is a plug. This is uh, this what is kind of plug. Are we plugging? We are going to plug something happening this weekend. Okay, what's happening this weekend? Scoop? It is a D and D event this weekend. Oh snap! It is called Founders and Legends. Uh oh, what are we finding? Gonna, we're gonna find this on Twitch, uh, streaming all weekend. Uh, the, out people. The flyer up on the screen right now is for the games that'll be happening on Saturday. If you go to Realmsmith's Twitch channel. And check it out uh if you've been following several different uh dnd games and on the in the uh, streaming space some of these faces will look really familiar uh if not then you definitely want to check these guys out uh let's see we have b dave walters starting the day with rise of the S silver sun and then tj storm with the dark tide and probably the big one that uh we're all really excited about or at least i know i am and i know a few people are is Season two premiere of Into the Mist with the Realmsmith cast with special guests Matthew Mercer and Nora. This will be very fun. Oh yeah, definitely check it out people of key. Yep. So this is again, this is over on the Realm check out the Realmsmith Twitch channel to watch the shows, participate in the chat, and have a good time. This is also why there is no challenge accepted episode this weekend, because this is going on. And, <laughs> hey. It's all good. Yeah. You know? So. Well, we'll be back. We'll always be back. We right always come back. So, <laughs> any other stuff uh, Any other stuff in the gaming world with you? Mm, no, it's fairly quiet right now. I mean, this yeah. is a pretty big thing going on with this cast uh, of for each of these streams. All right. Thank you, Realmsmith. Thank you. So, yeah, this will be pretty big and quite a bit of fun. I'm, yeah. I'm very excited for because i know yeah. i follow b dave and todd on dnd beyond's twitch channel when they do beyond heroes and silver and steel uh tj storm he is a riot to listen to as a character and as a dungeon master and then of course into the mist because we're go going back to barovia so we really want to see what happens next <laughs> i'm sorry the way that cliffhanger was i'm dude I want to know what happens next. Hey, you know, cliffhangers always bring you back. Oh, That's yeah. good. So if you, if you want to recap on that, go to Realm Smith's YouTube channel. Okay. You can find a playlist of all of the Into the Mist stuff and go check that out. It'll be fun. Just a, just an interesting. Uh, open it up to see if, uh, see what people think about, what they think about uh, Ubisoft and games. Uh, what was their, their favorite highlight of the thing? If anybody wants to drop a, Yes, people are dropping some deaths in there. Oh, yes, yes. Well, we got to earthy all the death. Yeah, well, you know, Barovia, it's not exactly a friendly place. Yes, we'll just burn. It's okay. No, no, it is I mean, July, so it's reasons to not be worried. It's hot. I mean... <laughs> but just a, just a side note, uh, is there any, any, any games from the Ubisoft forward or any from Ubisoft y'all looking forward to in the chat? Anything that comes to mind? Uh, Ubisoft did say they're going to have more of these forwards with other games to come. Well, I think that's an interesting aspect is the fact that we're going more virtual conventions. Oh, yeah. This is, um, this did. Wow. Yeah. Are we seeing, I'm, I know you're talking about Ubisoft, but. Yeah. We got to go in there with Falfer. Falfer's a character for Into the Mist and. All right. I, I, I'm going to be on the camp that wants to see Falfer survive. 
Unless he does the... something really, really stupid. I'll just follow Scuba, since I'm pretty <laughs> unknown to this. So, I'm tag along, jumping on the bandwagon. Survival, people, survival. We'll see. Um, I think it's it's interesting because all of these different conventions, like this Founders and Legends, yeah. uh, there used to be in a, it used to be kind of a physical you go to to participate, and then now in some of the other conventions we've seen, now all of a sudden they're going online. Maybe this is how we're going to be doing more of these because I think you get a lot more exposure that way. Oh, yeah, it definitely. We, we did talk about this in the past, how like we all these uh, things going online. Um I do remember, if I remember, there's supposed to be some kind of anime convention online this month. Unless yeah. I missed it. Um, San Diego Comic-Con? San Diego Comic-Con is supposed to be doing something online, too. Um, so. But, yeah, this uh, this highlights the transition to online. And actually, um, like you said, it gives better uh, better ways for people to watch and see and talk and gather and you know, generate buzz. Oh, yeah, totally. All righty, well... Uh, State of Game is good. We talked about the cool things going on as yeah. far as D&D this weekend because it's happening and we're going to want to check that out. Oh, yeah. Oh, before we leave State of Game, game does come out this week. Ghost of Shishima? Yes, I am picking that up Friday. Uh-huh. I will be swinging that sword over the weekend. Yeah, so I guess we'll have to get your initial impressions of Ghost of Shishima next week, right? Oh, yeah. There, there'll be some impressions. Probably okay. some tired times because i might be playing that all night long but yeah we definitely uh we're gonna talk about bringing over the ps4 over we want to play it do a stream awesome awesome well let's uh roll into odds and ends oddies and indies odds and ends is a segment where we talk about the various random internet stories we find and give our opinions and i must stress opinions on them so these are our opinions and hopefully you're and feel free to shout yours out uh, first thing we have on our list is it's getting close to September. And for those of us with uh, Apple products, we know that in September they announced the new iPhone. Yes, they do. Preliminary buzz is that there will be a change to the packaging Uh-oh. for the new iPhones. What's changing, Scuba? They are going to remove a, a they're they're going to remove the headphones and the charge cable that comes with every iPhone. Yes, yes, they are uh, supposedly removing these items from the package of the iPhone 12. Um, and based on this article from uh, Fox 6 Now's website, it's because of budgeting. Yeah, they want to try and reduce the cost uh, for the, just rec- reduce the cost and figuring instead of putting on that cost to the consumer, they're going to remove stuff from the package to kind of offset that also as a lot of us who have had iphones for years and years and years or any other apple product they have a pretty standardized charge system for all their cables so every time you buy a new product you're getting a new cord and you're getting a new set of earbuds and sooner or later you've got a drawer full of these things unless you have kids which tend to destroy the cords but that that's a whole nother conversation oh yeah so but they said also to remove those headphones is a push for apple people to get those airpods oh yeah i mean they removed the headphone jack yeah a couple of years ago which i remember a few years ago i was attending a conference and one of the guys that sat there and says look, look apple does not do things without long-term plans so let's think about this if they remove the plug they're setting up for something what are they setting up for and now we're actually seeing it they're setting up for 
having these AirPods or the whole near field communication yeah. and that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, it is interesting, but you know, Apple does tend to do some interesting things. So they, they have their own way and people will go ahead and go along with the flow. Yes. Uh, Shadster uh, got the article pulled up right here. Com currently the company's iPhones come with ear Earpods and a lightning connector uh, with the iPhone 11. And if you have the 11 Pro, it comes with the USB-C to lightning cable. Uh, when it comes out with these new ones, they're not going to have those in there. But that does look like they are coming out with a new power adapter. Yeah, they, that's what they initially planned to do. So, And apparently also they're talking about several versions of the new iPhone. Yeah. That will be announced in September. So I'm going to be keeping an eye out for that. And with some of those things, we might even have one that could be compatible with 5G, which I know 5G is a whole different tech conversation. Oh, about yeah. How effective or ineffective it is, depending on your carrier. You know, causing conspiracies on worldwide domination. No. Yeah, and their excuse for the whole thing here is uh, in order to support the ultra-fast wireless 5G network, uh, they believe the models would significantly increase the production cost of the of the device. So yeah. by removing these extra things in the packaging, they're offsetting that increase in production cost. But then it'll throw on an extra cost for people buying all these accessories. So. Uh, yeah, Air, the I mean, capitalism. Yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. Alrighty, our next thing. Do 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 do. In a galaxy far, far away, I oh, believe. All right. Yeah, it is in a galaxy far, far away. Recently, we had season seven of the Clone Wars air. Yes, which we did. Closed up the Clone Wars in a fantastic way. If you have Disney Plus, go check it out. Great, especially that last scene in the series finale that has caused a, had a lot of different buzz on the various Star Wars uh, opinions and things. You have to tell me what happened later. Yeah, I won't spoil it. No. But this I will say because it's related to the story. Early on in the season, they introduced a group called the Bad Batch. This is a group of clones that were kind of have genetic mutations. And we see a picture. We see a, pretty much the picture of them here with Captain Rex. And they were the kind of the elite, kind of the... We're going to send them on the suicide missions. So they were, they're called clone force 99. And what is going to, because I guess they were popular enough that it's been announced that a new star Wars animated series will come out next year and it will feature the bad batch as your heroes that you follow. This would be kind of interesting because you have the really weird combination of characters here. You have the sniper who can take out. You have the uh, leader who kind of looks like he's Rambo or Solid Snake. You have the big muscular guy, and then you have the tech guy. So, and I was kind of excited about this. I mean, I can't wait to hear more. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a, a good a good a good way. I got another good series to add to the plus. Another way to build on the Star Wars brand and to branch off from, you know, ancillary characters that are focused away from the main stuff of the films. And based on the article from Screen Rant that this uh, series is in response to the success 
of season seven of the Clone War. As uh, Agnes Chu, senior vice president of content at Disney Plus, says, "It is giving new and existing fans the final chapter of Star Wars has been on honor of Disney Plus, and we are overjoyed by the global response to this landmark series." While the Clone Wars may have come to its conclusion, our partnership with the groundbreaking storytellers and artists of mythical films is only the beginning. So this is another thing that they're trying to build upon. So hopefully this leads to more original content and more expansiveness of the universe, which I would hope, like, Star Wars fan like me, uh, all the Star Wars fans out there, want to see other parts of the galaxy, see what's going on, you know? It is a really great series. It's not 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 only that, as far as the fact this came to this kind of filled in that void in some of the stories to talk about some of these ancillary stories, is from a technological standpoint and an animation standpoint, the growth of the animation and the storytelling as you progress through the series. Because uh, there are several people in the chat saying they're just starting this series. You are in for a great time. There's a lot of really great lore oh, yeah. to explore and you see and kind of see some of these various stories that go through keeping in and here's a little some tidbits dave filoni who happens to be the guy who was running uh clone wars when it was first came up he started he started he who's working at nickelodeon on a little show called avatar the last airbender <laughs> when he got the call to go meet with george to talk about Star Wars. Yeah. And then got picked to headline Lucas Anim who headline the series at Lucas Animation up until up until and past the purchase of Lucasfilms by Disney. So there's a lot of deep stuff that goes on with this. Uh there's actually a a a nod and a reference for clone for the Bad Batch when you first meet them if you've watched the earlier episodes and that's the whole 99 so check it out and when you catch that it'll be well worth the payoff later in the series later in the series uh, but great show great series uh, looking forward to seeing how they expand i still want them to revisit rebels but maybe i'll get that too yeah you never you know never say never um things that won't ever come back they do come back so possible Alrighty, our next story I don't have any pictures for, but this is really cool, and I wish I'd grab pictures of it, but we all know with the lockdown, we've had to stay inside, yes. and with staying inside and not being able to interact with people, sometimes some of us get depressed, or there's definitely, there's a stronger concern for, for, your, for mental health in these times. One group that is kind of hit with this, and this is the elderly and those in nursing homes, because you're they're high risk and you can't go interact, and there's a lot of concern with that. And there's a lot of and, and some of the stuff was going on. Well, a uh, nursing home in the UK found a way, came up with an idea, and to kind of uh, as an activity, and what they came up with was having a bunch of people in here who wanted to uh, join in on a photo shoot to recreate some of the iconic album art of some of the biggest groups in music history. Uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Blink-182. Uh, what are some other ones? Rai, you're the music yeah, guy. So, Tell me about this. So at this nursing home, they recreated some iconic album covers 
that you named a couple. You have Bruce Springsteen, you have Taylor Swift, Adele, David Bowie. So they did album covers of some of their popular albums. So you have Adele's 21 album. Um, you have Taylor, one of Taylor Swift's 1985, I believe. Uh, you have the Bruce Springsteen one where he's standing and it's focusing on his jeans. Um, you have Queen, uh, Queen 2, where they do the Bohemian Rhapsody kind of pose uh, with the people. Kind of uh, interesting. I put the link in the chat so you can take a look at all the different ones that they did. They did a Madonna one. Um, so, yeah, they did Johnny Cash. It's pretty cool. Yes, it is. Uh, let's see. So, which interesting because we talked about music. Now we're going to lead into something else relating to music. Oh, yeah. Some, uh, some uh, speaking of Queen. Speaking of Queen, and I've got a little gif here I'm playing, but there's a video you can check out where somebody took the Roller Coaster Tycoon game. You know, the one where you can build your own roller coaster? This person built one and pasted it to the song Bohemian Rhapsody, the full six minute version of the song. And it was pretty wild to watch. <laughs> but uh, it's a little it's a little cool from a game from like a programming thing and stuff where people are passionate about. Rye, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts is this is this is just highlights the fact that um, it, you know, creativity can come from anywhere and from any walks in life and from old games as well, because this was built on a uh, roller coaster tycoon too and it just shows just the, the imaginative world that is out there that if you give people a digital forum to just do whatever they can actually surprise you with some fun and exciting thing um we're not gonna spend too much time on that one because there's not much to talk about you have to oh, yeah. check it out yeah. it's on kotaku oh. so check it we'll out. have a video we'll have links in our show notes and stuff but yeah this is this this was cool and it's really worth the listen. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna play it here because I don't want to get hit with a copyright strike. Boom! But I would check it out. It makes me want to go ahead and boot up roller coaster like try to make my own. Mm, yep. I had the classic one. That's the best one. Fight me. Fight me. Next up. Let's talk about the Nintendo Switch, shall we? Speaking of the Switch. Apparently the Nintendo, I mean, the Nintendo Switch is like phenomenal as far as its popularity right now. And there, and one of the things is like another really famous one was the Game Boy Color back in the day. Oh, yeah. Apparently a very popular Game Boy Color game will be coming to the Nintendo Switch. And it was not one I was expecting. Right. Um, so they are bringing a popular game back from Game Boy Color. Um, it is, um, I'm reading this correctly. Extreme Sports? Yeah, sports game. Yes, it's a one-of-a-kind sports-themed action RPG that was on the Game Boy Color, very popular, and they're bringing it back for the 20th anniversary on, on the Switch. Yeah, was, I've never, I, I'm not familiar with this game. And I, to be honest, when I'm thinking Nintendo and a really popular game, a sports game is not the one that comes to mind. No, it doesn't. But I think the uniqueness of this, where it combines sports and RPG, does, uh, you know, does bring a, a raise an eyebrow, but it also brings intrigue because then it's getting one of these things where it's one of those retro games that is getting you know, placed back into modern consoles. 
And being that the Switch has brought back a nostalgia for a lot of retro games, I have a lot of retro games on Switch. This is another one that might be a fun add to the collection. Yeah, I just posted a reference that it's called Extreme Sports, which debuted back in 2000. Oh, yeah. So. That's kind of cool. <laughs> sorry, Adventure Island. Yeah. So it is something intriguing. I never played it, but it does uh, give me uh, an intrigue to go try it. If there's a demo, try the demo. All righty. So. Let's see what what we got next. Du, 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 du. I think yeah. we're heading for the auction house. We are. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk about this. We we have uh, this was mentioned earlier, so we'll come back to that Pokemon one in a second. But oh, yeah, we'll hit this one up, and this is again another Mario thing where it was mentioned in chat at the beginning of the show, and we said we'd come back around to it, and that yeah. is. There is this copy of the original Mario Brothers in its sealed packaging. Sealed went, people. Went sealed. for $114,000 on auction. Oh, yeah. So according to this uh, local news article from Six News of Richmond, um, quote, a bidder who wished to remain anonymous snapped up an early version of the pioneering Super Mario Brothers game released in 1985 for the Nintendo NES console during auction conducted Friday by Dallas-based Heritage Auction. End quote. So wow. yeah, that is that's a pretty hefty price for the for that game. Even though that game is a classic, it, well, it's it, also just the sheer volume of cartridges that were made for it. Some oh, yeah. of them more than others, but I think you know being sealed uh, drove that price up. Oh yeah, totally. That's why you keep things sealed. You can sell it for high price, people. Yeah. So, Speaking of high prices, let's talk about this one. Now, this is Pokemon cards. I've got a bunch of them. My wife was big into them. I know a lot of people that are still into this, and this thing still oh, yeah. draws. Granted, the popularity of some of the, as far as uh, the value of some of the cards has changed. However, this particular card we have on the screen is a trainer card. Noises. Sorry, people. This is a super secret battle number one trainer, and it features a holographic starry sky silhouette of Mewtwo. This was a card that was only given out at as a prize at several at seven tournaments, several tournaments back in 1999. There are only seven of these cards in existence. Yep. That being said, this is an extremely rare card. What makes this card even more interesting is that this particular card has a rating of a gem mint 10, which anyone who's interested in card collecting or familiar with it, that is the highest rating a card can get in terms of its, um, uh, as best we put it, basically this is as good as it was when it was printed and handed to the winner of the tournament it was given to. Yes. This is near mint. Con this is pretty much mint condition right off the printing press. And this card went for $90,000. Lots and lots of money, people. Um, so, um, even even in um, what this showcases is that if you keep things in mint condition and it's a rare find, even if it's a game or something like this, at some day it will pay off. Well, hopefully, take care of your stuff. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically untouched. You're right there, outlaw. So, but ninety thousand dollars for a card. I meant like even rarity. Now, there's a lot of other things I can use. Everybody has value somewhere. So, yes, there is value in a lot of places. And but I have to appreciate whoever got this card, stored it well. Oh and yeah, it held up well. Yeah, kept it in mint condition for twenty one years. Just imagine, twenty one years and then cashed out. Even more so is the fact that there were only seven of these cards. Oh, yeah. So you, you have to wonder if the other six are still out there. Well, the Would... problem is, is there's no guarantee they survive. Oh, yeah. Not everybody takes care of them. No, that's true. So I would. If I know if I was able to t see that price, I'd be like hiding it in a vault somewhere. Yeah. Well, guess what? Got to go back in time to sell all those all those all those recipients back in 99. Hey, don't lose that card. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Just just hearing the history of this card just makes you think back on how a lot of collectibles are like this. When you go to certain conventions and stuff, you only find certain things. So. Totally. And speaking speaking of collectibles, um, one of the things that happened over the course of the weekend is one of my buddies that I've been friends with for 20 plus years uh, happened to bring over a set of uh, vintage D&D books to add to the collection. I have here in the studio. Oh yes, uh, these are a bunch of the original AD and D and advanced AD and D books, as well as some uh, additional supplements. One of the things we were looking at, kind of going, kind of geeking out over, is the original crit charts from the early '80s. Oh, that was painful. <laughs> a little painful. Yeah, survived. Very much. Anyways. So that's uh, that's it for as far as the main content for this. We've gone through our odds and ends or whatever. So uh, one moment and we're going to roll into some post stuff because we had a few things we wanted to talk about last week, but didn't get the chance to talk about. It's OK. We saved it. We saved it for you. We're going to talk about some Microsoft related things and some, you know, that kind of stuff. So let's kind of roll back over. All righty. So our post show, and we're just kind of playing with this. So let us know if it works or not. Uh, recently, um, or we have an Xbox showcase coming up on July 23rd, where they're going to outline some of the new stuff with the new Xbox console. Interesting things there. Um, the live stream is set for 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. And for our friends across the pond, 5 p.m. in the UK. So, interesting. Um, Ryan, what do you remember about this? Um, about the showcase? Yeah. Uh, so, I am probably going to watch it afterwards just because time balls are in work and work does perceive a lot of things. But uh, the interesting thing is that um, they might be dropping a lot of stuff that had been rumored to be coming back on coming back from the grave so there's a possibility of bringing back a dark um the other reveal could be a different you know different tiers of this xbox series um and then revealing games like uh showcasing games like scorn second favorite maybe more in-depth look at halo infinite and maybe bringing back 
So I am looking forward to this showcase because what this will show is that if anybody's been paying attention to Microsoft, they've been buying up a lot of games through the years. So what I want to see from this showcase is all the original IPs that they might be developing. Speaking of them buying up games, that leads into our next thing, which was, uh, or one of our other things is the fact apparently Microsoft is putting in a bid to buy, to acquire WB Interactive. Yeah. Now, so you're not familiar with this studio. I'll have to. All I have to mention is the Batman Arkham games. Yeah, the Arkham games. Uh, all you know, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight were developed by WB Interactive. Um, and not- here's and here's what's going on. Uh, for those who aren't aware, AT and T made a major acquisition of a couple of thing, a couple of things recently, and they want to. And in doing so, they took on a lot of debt, as typical with company mergers and whatnot. Well, they're looking to sell off some of those bits and pieces to try and offset that $130 million debt. Oh, yeah. They they took on a lot of debt. So now they're going to unload one of their properties in WB yeah. Interactive. Yeah. 100, no, it's, I cor- let me correct that. It's $154 billion in debt. And so selling off WB Interactive, which is valued at a roughly $4 billion. Now, Microsoft does have some competition. Oh, yes. Some big name competition. Their competition happens to be Activision, EA, and Take-Two. So they're all interested in purchasing up WB Interactive. But it'll. It, it, we're probably going to be keeping an eye on this because... I mean, Microsoft picked up some pretty decent studios and IPs, and if they pick up this one to add to the list, that could be some interesting uh, future development. Yeah, it does. Uh, does uh, highlight future development and does put put some big uh, big name games on exclusive exclusivity if they do get this, because one of the studios that falls under Warner Brothers Interactive is NetherRealm Studios, and anybody that recognizes that name, they make the Mortal Kombat series. So if you're connecting the dots, if Microsoft purchased WB Interactive, they get hold of Mortal Kombat games, which makes it their system alone and PC. So friendship. So yeah, but they are stiff competition with Activision, EA, and Take Two. Take Two for you all that recognize that name, they are the de- developer of the Red Dead and Grand Theft Auto series. So that would be my second choice. Uh, for a studio to pick up because I know they can make good games. So this would be another good game. They're all great studios. Granted, there's a lot of discussion, debate, yeah. uh, passionate discourse uh, in the opinions when it comes to Activision and EA and the way they treat gamers and developers. But the fact that when you're looking at this post, these big mergers like that, and the fact that, okay, AT&T... Uh, bought this up and it's like all right we're going to diversify we're going to break off parts of the parts of uh this entertainment to kind of offset their costs it's like okay so i think this will be a benefit to the community as a whole but uh, like everything else we're probably going to want to keep our eye out that from an investment standpoint not just as investors stock market side but investors as in continuing on with the gaming community and the types of games these guys can create oh yeah and uh we- not to mention wb interactive is very hot rpg so 
Hair pot arc. Your mic keeps cutting in and out. We're gonna have to take a look at that. I don't uh, find something. Sure. Figure out something. Um, speaking of uh, games and whatnot, apparently it looks like Microsoft has renewed the Fable trademark. Yes. Which, on the one hand, this is a fairly common practice. If you hold the trademark on a logo or or anything like that, those things have a have a shelf life, and you have to renew them after X amount of time. Now we'll get into the con to the to the conspiracy theory part, and that's the fact that we're probably going to see another Fable game at the at the uh, conference, which we're all really really hoping oh. for if we're fans of Fable. Yeah, and there's been there's big fans of the game of Fable. So usually when you connect the dots, if somebody picks up, you know, trademarks or they coin a phrase, it usually leads to something big. So the fact that they are renewing the Fable trademark, and it's been a while since a Fable game has come out. It'd be interesting to see if they, uh, you know, are developing a Fable 4 or Fable insert name for the new system and what they would be able to do. Maybe, uh, you know, build upon all the fun things that you could do in the game and expand more on children. Yes, I can't wait. But with all great things, there is some kind of disturbing or I wouldn't say disturbing, but some of the stuff that is just one of those things that's bound to happen. Yes. Since we're talking financials, which is the last thing we're going to talk about. And early reports is the new NBA 2K21 is going to cost $70 for the base game on the new console, PS5 and the, and the new Xbox console. This is significant because when you think about the gaming industry and think about the cost of games. Yeah. They have resisted inflation very, very well over the past 20 years. Yeah, they don't raise the prices very often. If, any, yeah. if anything, they just reduce, it, the argument can be made, they reduce what's, what's in the original content release to get you to buy the DLC stuff. So yeah. on the one hand, it's like we were seeing $60 games as a regular, but those of us who follow the big AAA titles... You're not spending $60. You're spending an easy $100 to get all the DLC, the season pass, and all of that to go with the base install. And then, of course, there's even though you got the base install, you still have these massive updates. You have massive updates. You have subscription-based games. You have microtransactions. Even if you spend the $60, you might be spending Yeah, totally. So with that, we're looking at this. We're going to start. We're actually, it looks like with these new consoles on top of the fact, we're still going to have our sticker shock for the cost of the console, which might be a little difficult. Yeah, but it, it's expected, even if you don't want to see that number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. And people are going to buy it. There's nothing wrong with that. And then that's what that's consumerism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the fact that we're actually going, we're, we are getting to the point where we are going to see an increase in the cost of purchasing the game, whether it's physical or digital. And it's probably a long time coming, even though some of us probably don't want to admit it. Yeah. And especially for like us two who are ingrained in the video game culture, we know that, that the prices haven't changed in a very long time. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's. Add thing to see the cost go up at a, at this time at day, you know age of everything going on, but it's expected because when new technology comes out, prices go up on it. Yes. So with that, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for this. We had a pre-show, we had a post-show, we had the main show, 
hopefully we got a lot of stuff we got in there and it looks like we still came out at like an hour and hour and so yeah we came out uh pretty steady that means we can try and do more um put that out there should we move to like a two-hour show and just talk about various things and open up some more discussion or just keep it to about an hour what you say people tell me i will dance for you kind of put that in there and see what's up so long funny hats a crayon show i can draw draw for you <laughs> wow with that people and all of that thank you <laughs> thank you for hanging out with us thank you for tuning in to check us out uh share us uh to your friends tell them to come check us out we do release the podcast on youtube we put it out on audio granted i'm a little behind on the audio audio episodes i'm gonna get that caught up youtube wise we've got the latest ep episode 54 went live earlier today so you could be caught up to date there's a great any interview from last week you should go check it out especially if you're into DD and seeing community level DD and how it benefits and helps kids check that interview out it's over at the scuba studio youtube <laughs> no drawing um also i i did promise a 24-hour stream to kind of just as a thank you for all the help and I'll probably use that time to work on behind the scenes stuff, some of my game develop some of my game note taking things, as well as just maybe actually play some video games. So I have to throw out some challenges to see what games I try and play. Yeah, I can bring you over the system. That's way too tempting because the only thing I want is days gone. Hey, you can play that too. But you're gonna have Ghost of Tsushima by the time I do this, so I'm not gonna be able to I'm not gonna be able to get it from you. Yeah, but somebody uh asked me, um um to give a review on Ghost of Tsushima, so oh, I yeah. will make I I will make that promise. I will review the game once I beat it. But or, next week will be first impressions. Can't give a review on only like fifteen percent of the game. Well, if it's anything like what we did for Final Fantasy VII remake, it'll be a continuous as we go through, and then we can do a final kind of all-encompassing right. review at the end. But exclusive review on the podcast. Oh yes, totally. All right. Well, with that, we have to, again, say thank you to the community. Thank you to our followers, our subscribers, our supporters. Without you, this wouldn't this show wouldn't really continue. And it does you take resources to do this. So we have to sit there and ask if you like us and want to see us continue to evolve and grow. Please extend that support, even if it's just following and promote and, and sharing the sharing us out on your social medias liking the videos that are up on our YouTube channel and whatnot to keep getting that exposure. That would be really yeah. appreciated. And with that, have a great week, have a great weekend, love each other, and we will see you on our next edition. Peace.